Welcome to Advance, a podcast devoted to helping strengthen churches for gospel movement. I'm your host, Brian Moak, Vice President of Church Strengthening with Convergement America. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about church planting by trying to understand what makes a church planter tick. I mean, who are these guys? Why, why did they decide to plant a church? And what does my church need to be looking for in a church planter when we decide, hey, we'd like to plant a church? Well, I can think of no one I'd rather talk to about this subject than Danny Flores. Danny is a church planter at our church in Elgin, Illinois. Danny bleeds the heart of a church planter like few other guys I've met, and God is blessing him and his new church in amazing ways. I'm also grateful for the way that he is sold out to seeing broken people see wholeness in Christ. So welcome to the podcast, Danny. You are the coolest, hippest guy I've had on the podcast today. Come on, Brian. You probably said that to everybody, man. <laughs> well, I, I do actually. But <laughs> no, thank you for having no, me. Seriously. Uh, yeah, well, I'm super glad uh, that you're doing this and and helping us learn a little bit more about really what does it mean to think about church planting. So let me just start out. I do the same thing with every guest is, is give me the two minute Danny Flores story. All right. Oh yeah. Um, well, my name's uh, Daniel. That's my name. Everybody knows me as Danny. Ah, yeah, there you go. Uh, so my name's Daniel Flores and um, I was born and raised in Mexico till I was 18. I am now 38. Um, I came into this country, and I say this, I came into this country illegally, uh, but I went through a long process, and I am now a citizen. Um, I gave my life to the Lord a couple of months after uh, I came into the country, after I got here. Uh, I am married. I married a, a, a PK, a pastor's kid. I married my pastor's daughter, um, my wife, Ibeth. We've been married for 12 years. We have three children, an 11-year-old. Her name's America. Um, a 10-year-old, her name's Freda, and a 7-year-old, uh, his name's Daniel. We call him Mosso. Um, I've done a lot, uh, when I gave my life to the Lord, I, I, I became the janitor in my church. Um, after that, I became the worship leader, the youth pastor. Uh, then I was a ministry school director. I was a section of your director. I was involved in youth ministries for a long time. And, um, and now we are church planters here in the city of Elgin. We planted our church about three years ago. Um, it has been a, a phenomenal, but challenging journey. Um, we love our community. We love God. We love to serve others. Um, I love golf and I actually just beat you a few weeks ago. So yeah, that's me. (laughs) It's very important that we maintain ethics and truth in this podcast. And so let's get to the real story. Who beat who? Okay, Brian. Yeah, you, you got us, man. You got us. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Hey, what, what is, why, why the title R church? It is literally the letter R church what's 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 the purpose of of that name yeah um we wanted our church to be a play where people can restart and be restored you know that's where we wanted um our church to be and it also comes out of romans chapter 8 verse 1 where it says therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus we wanted our church uh to be a place where people did not feel condemned or judged um where people from all backgrounds um, can come to church and and be accepted. So that's what our church stands for. Everything kind of we have this culture there at our church where a lot of the our culture things go with the R. So it was a place to restart, a player be restored. Uh, Romans, you know, starts with the R. So yeah, this kind of like a play on words. Yeah. And it was catchy for us in the beginning, you know, marketing purposes as well. 
um, our church kind of yeah. sounds like our church. Uh, but yeah. 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 Cool. Awesome. Hey, what, what intrigued you about church planting in the first place? In other words, why, why, why do you think it, that God directed you to church planting rather than pastoring an existing church? What, what kind of made that up for you? Yeah, I was, you know, Brian, I was, I was really afraid in the very beginning uh, when I heard about church planting, uh, but I knew God had called us to it. You know, I knew that God was in the midst of it. And um, so I heard, her, I, I heard some great statistics about church planting. And, and, and I saw that if you did it well, uh, new church plants uh, best reach new generations, which is what we were after, uh, new residents in the community and new people groups. And that's what we wanted to do. Um, and number two, we understood that new churches uh, best reach the unchurched. And that's what we were after. You know, uh, dozens of denominational studies have shown that uh, while churches that have been established for 10 years and over uh, kind of slowly reach those uh, those demographics, uh, we understood that new church plants would do a great job at it. That doesn't mean that new exist. I mean, that existing churches don't do it. I think they're doing it great. They're doing it phenomenal. But I just saw the numbers and I was very intrigued by that. So um, and then the other thing was that I could be the boss. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the other, to me, to me, to me, it was like a blank sheet of paper where we could draw and design the church that God had placed in our hearts, you know, with its own identity, its own DNA, its own culture. And uh, that's what intrigued us to go into church planting. Yeah, I think that's such an important thing to, to know. A lot of times uh, people will say that if you're going to be a church planter, you need to have a real entrepreneurial gift. Mm. And uh, by that, it means that you've got to create a lot of stuff from scratch, right? It, it, there's there's nothing, you, you have nothing when you start, you have a vision, that's <laughs> it. And so everything gets built from scratch and and uh, that doesn't work for everyone. That's a unique calling and a unique gift. And and uh, I think that's a really important thing. So even as churches are thinking about, all right, how do I find someone like that? Uh, find someone who really is strongly entrepreneurial. Maybe even sometimes someone who you have to edit <laughs> yeah. in their current role. Like they're always trying to push ahead and you got to say, wait, 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 wait. That that can be a, a good sign that that that's someone as well. Uh, you know, you're three years into this thing, so the the novelty has worn off, so to speak, right? The, yep. the you know you're you're in that spot where things start happening, and you start saying, "Wow, this is so great! How God has worked in this way." And you say, "Why, God, aren't you working in this way?" And so, what are like three or four lessons that you've learned? Uh, even even at this point, uh, positive and negative uh, about planting a church? Yeah. Um, one of the first things, I mean, that I've learned was to know my community and my target well. You know, that's that's something that I had to mm-hmm. learn in the in the very beginning. Um, I've heard of a lot of church planters, right, that go into it and they don't really know the community that they're in nor that they have a specific mm-hmm. target. Now, I, the gospel is for everyone. We want to reach everyone. But I always say this to my team. If you aim at nothing, you will succeed right away. If you yeah. aim at nothing, you will succeed right away. So so we wanted to take the time to to know the community, right? To get to know the community, to know to, to get to know the people of the community, the needs of the community, but but, but specifically the target, the people that we wanted to, 
to target. Um, you know, we uh, very early we had to learn who our target was. Um, once we knew that, we took the time to see how we were going to to reach it and and meet the needs um, and design the church right that would meet those needs for that community. So that's one of the things that that I we took the time in that we've learned very early that it was very important. Uh, the other was uh, to prepare well. You know, we had to learn to prepare very well. We took almost a year to, uh, just a little bit over a year to launch um, our church. And I also tell my team, you don't deliver a baby before it's nine months, right? <laughs> um, so, so, so this was going to be like our baby. And I kind of took that approach, right? I used that analogy. And I said, look, man, this is a baby. We, we, we really have to plan the delivery uh, well. Um, so that mm-hmm. understanding that understanding that we needed to plan well and learning that process, um, it allowed us it allowed us to to plan well so that we could execute with excellence, to create systems, to develop a healthy culture, and to grow leaders and and volunteers. That's that's another thing that that we learned in that process. Um, another thing, it's probably something that we did wrong in the beginning, right? I, we did two things right and, and, and amongst other things, but this one is something that we did wrong in the beginning. And, and we didn't really understood the value of, of, of not being alone, right? A lot of the times mm-hmm. you think you got this. A lot of the times you think, man, you know what? I'm going to kill it. I, you know what? I got this. God called me. You know, the Holy Spirit is in this. And yeah, that, all, the, all that was true. And we had a great team. We, we had great support. I mean, it was amazing. Um, but we started on our own. And um, we were not affiliated to any organization. We weren't really, we were not being held accountable, right, by maybe coaches or, or mentors. Just, we kind of went independent on our own. Um, but we understood that, you know what, we're doing something wrong here. And we need to find someone that we can collaborate with. We need to find someone that can uh, help us along the way. And that's when I found about Converge, right? That's when I met uh, a guy named Brian. Brian Moak. Um, <laughs> I met Danny Parmelee. I met some great leaders, Jesse Padilla. I mean, I'm just going to throw that stuff out there. It, it, it's, it's just been, you know, the coaching, the resources, the support um, through Convergement America it has just been, I mean, phenomenal. I'll be very honest. I don't think we could have gone through this pandemic if we would have never joined Converge. Mm-hmm. We, 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 I don't think so. I mean, I get it. God, God is, is, is our strength. He's our support. He's the one that opens doors. But I know that we would have never been able to do it alone. And hmm. Converge Mid-America, the coaches, the support, the resources has just been phenomenal. So, so, so one of the things that we've learned, you know, um, from a mistake was don't do it alone. Uh, don't do it alone. By, by the way, um, that'll be five strokes I'll give you the next time uh, that we play <laughs> golf, just for that last comment. That's great. Hey, let, let me just interrupt you to say this, is I think that's such an important thing um, I, I don't care. Obviously, we think Converge is great and Converge Mid-America is the greatest thing since sliced bread. We should think that way. Um, but um, you need to have a tribe. I don't care if you're a church plant or an existing church. Um, it is so important to have people that you can link arms with and say, hey, I'm stuck or I need help or or whatever. And And when that day comes, you know, Danny, just like you said, it's yeah. going to come yeah. and, and you don't have that tribe. You don't have that group of people to help you. Um, it can be very lonely. And I think even statistically, 
boy, if you just try a church plant on your own, the, the, your odds, if you will, of success in that church plant is not very high. And it's much higher when you're involved uh, on a, uh, you know, with a, with a family, a, ch- a group of churches uh, like a Converge. So I appreciate that. Anything else? Any positive, negative? Well, I mean, those two, uh, I think those are some of the things that um, that we've learned Probably something else that I can just uh, add. Something good that we learned from the very uh, from the very beginning was I came from a from a culture, right? I came from a culture that was very exclusive, right? It was it was very that was just my culture. I'm a first generation Latino. Um, I gave my life to the Lord in a in a Hispanic all Spanish church, and it it became a very exclusive uh, church where it was just um you know just just first generation so for me was not to get not to really just have um a sense of well i'm just going to reach this people this type of people and then that's it but just be be with my arms open to whomever god was going to bring right to whomever god was going to bring though we have a specific target we we want to share the gospel with everyone and we welcome everyone within our church. And we really wanted to make everybody that was coming to our church very welcoming. So we designed, right, the church to be very welcoming from the parking lot, right, from the moment you get into the parking lot to the moment you are greeted at the door, from the moment you grab your cup of coffee, from the moment you get your gift. I mean, just all, just throughout the whole service, we wanted that to feel very welcoming. So that's that was key for us because when people come to our church now, one of the things when we ask them, like, okay, so what was your first time experience? Very welcoming, very welcoming. So to us, that yeah. that that was something we learned from the very beginning. Good, good. This I didn't have this on the script for you. I usually try to stump people at least once, but you know, being three years in now, um, are you already sensing this sort of push to? Uh, you know, the, the, let me let me say it this way: the existing church, the struggle that we have is we've always done it this way, and 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 you lose the the piece of your uniqueness because you're trying to do what other people want you to do, and you just add 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 add. Are you sensing that at all yet? A sort of a uh, of a, hey, Danny, you're already changing some stuff. We've already gotten used to the way that this is, and what, anything like that yet? Or you know what I um. From the very beginning, we knew what our mission was, and we always try to do. We have this saying: uh, if if it doesn't go with the mission, we don't we don't really go into okay. it. Um, but we are very open to being creative. We are very open to have different approaches yeah. to the way we do ministry. So that culture was created from the very beginning. So I'm not there where people are like, "Hey, Danny, we don't try yeah. this way," because we are constantly uh, changing. Uh, the mission or the vision does not change, but the method does so so i really haven't faced that yet yeah i'm glad you said it that way because i think there's two important things one is you have to be clear on the mission that god's called you the unique vision that god has called your church to and and then second um, change needs to be a normal part of your of your existence, right? Yes. It, it's change isn't an event. Change is constant. And the minute that change stops being constant, I think that we get too caught up in the methodology and forget uh, that God has called us to that mission. So I'm grateful that you said it that way. Um, 
we often talk about, uh, especially in our movement, we want to bring church planting pastors and existing church pastors together uh, that, that, that we can learn from each other. And so wh- why don't you start uh, with this is what are some things that um, you need to hear and learn from existing church pastors? What are some ways in which the existing church pa- pastor can speak into your life as a planter? Um, well, I just want to be very practical. I guess I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm I'm just a very practical guy. Um, I think one of it would be about pacing yourself, right? Mm. In a church plant, because some of these new church planters and, and I put myself there, uh, we go into it, um, and we feel like, okay, I'm just, I'm just, you know, this is a race. Let's just do it. Let's just go hundred miles an hour. Right. And, um, and it doesn't always work that way. Um, mm. so, so how to pace yourself to finish well? I think we're always taught how to start well, hmm. but, but how to finish well, how to keep a pace that is going to allow you to finish well. Uh, church planting, I get it. It's a, it's a season um, that you go through until you establish the church. But, but, but how do you continue to move forward you know, to year 10, to year 15, to year 20? And, and how do you finish and, and pass the baton well, I think that's that's one thing that I would love to 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 learn from from other pastors that are there have church planted that are doing it that are doing it well. Um, another thing would be talk to me about your struggles, right, and and mm-hmm. how you overcame them. How, talk to me ab- about your struggles and and how you overcame them. Don't just give me the social media version, the one that has all the filters, right? The yeah. the one that has a beautiful shot on Sunday. The one that has a creative shot and, and, and you see a lot of people, right? The one that's the, the audio has been edited. No, no, no. Really, I, I, I want you to talk to me about your struggles because uh, I think I connect with people's struggles more than with their success, right? I'm on my yeah. way there. I'm on my way there. And, and I really want to hear about what you went through and, and how you were able to overcome whatever it was that, that you went through. You know, I want to hear the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, today, I posted a, a picture of my son on social media uh, and he's crying, you know, he's crying. And, and I said, I, I captioned it, if, if e-learning had a face, right? And it was my son crying while he was doing homework. Uh, that's the type of, you know, I wanna see that from, from pastors that have walked before us that are, that are paving the way and say, look, man, I went through this, but this is how I did it, you know? It was tough, it was crazy because sometimes you feel like you're the only one going through it. You know, yeah. while you're in church playing, when he gets tough, you're like, man, am I the only one that doesn't want to come out during the first song or, or be out there because the people are not there yet, you know? Or am I the only one that's struggling with outreach? Am I the only one that's struggling with discipleship? Am I the only one that's struggling with the, disciple, with, with the leadership pipeline? Like, talk to me about your struggles, how you overcame that. That would be an amazing thing that I would love to, to hear from pastors that have, you know, paid the way for us. And, and um, now, how to lead well in crisis will be another thing that I would love to to learn from pastors who have, you know, who are seasoned. Um, when we faced this pandemic as a young pastor, uh, even though I'm 38, but in ministry, I was very young. Um, you know, I didn't really know um, how to lead through crisis. And um, I guess not many of us were ready for this pandemic. And, and mm-hmm. you know, to, we had never led during this type of season. But, but, uh, but, but you know, leading through crisis, I think, I think we can grab very good principles. And I know that some of the seasoned pastors I've gone through their share of things in ministry, uh, that'll help younger pastors a lot because, you know, 
sooner or later you're going to face those. So I don't know. Those are just a few of the things that I would love to learn. Yeah. That's great. That's great. How about on the flip side, uh, uh, what, what could you tell existing church pastors that you think you could, they could possibly learn from you? Uh, you know, we need yeah. each other. So what are, what are some things that, that the church planter can offer the existing church pastor that way? Yeah, one of the things, uh, and I'm going to talk to you from my context, all right? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I feel that that pastors can learn from younger uh, or from young church planters um, is this, trust the next generation with more. Hmm, that's good. Trust the next generation with more. Hmm. I feel like sometimes pastors who have been in a church for a long time and are in a place of comfort, um, they don't they don't really want to disrupt that, you know, uh, because of what the older generation has built. Um, but I continue to tell my church on a daily basis, man, we cannot lose a generation for the sacred tradition, you know, or comfort. Uh, so I've learned in this process that the more I empower, right, the next generation with things, right, uh, maybe with with certain assignments or, or, or just leading us into into you know, into the next year or two, I see that they do things very differently, right? They love God. They do things very differently. They might be very creative and and, and I don't do things the way they do them, uh, but it's very effective in reaching the, because they know their generation, right? They, and so if I entrust them with more, if I empower them with more, I've been seeing the effect of it, right? I've been seeing the byproduct of it, and it's just it's just result. It's on a lot of people coming to the Lord and and really putting a a, a, a great um, not just a great service, but really doing things with excellence and 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 really going after the target that we wanted to go to. So um, I guess trusting the next generation with more will be something that that I think maybe they can learn from us as we you know we are not afraid. Right now, yeah, we're not afraid right. to make to, to to make a lot of mistakes. So so uh, we understand, you know. I mean, obviously, we got to take care of the of the moral issues and whatnot. But 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 we allow our people that are around us to to fail, you know, yeah. and to fail quickly and to fail quickly and to fail forward. So yeah. so yeah, and trust them with more, empower them. That's great. I, I that and by the way, that's that's not just uh, uh, for the existing church pastor to the church planter. That's that's for all of us, especially those of us who have been in ministry for a while. Uh, we have got to be willing to give up what I what I would say is control. Really, is what it ends up being is is you know what 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 if they do it better than me, or or what if they don't do it better than me, and and what's going to happen? Man, it's. None of us would be in the position we're in today if someone didn't give us the ability to mess up, right? Uh, we, needed, exactly. we needed to have that happen. So that's so good. The other thing that I would just add to that is uh, existing church pastor. Danny said it earlier, um, but we tend to not do a very good job with evangelism. We tend to do a very good job in in systems and structure and even some discipleship issues. But a lot of us have sort of lost our fervor or even ability to do evangelism. So talk to the church planter. Let them help you be creative in how you do evangelism uh, as a church. 
Hey, last question, and, and that is this. What would you say to a pastor listening who might be thinking about church planting? It, th- this could be someone listening saying, personally, I'm listening to Danny Flores, and I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by what he's saying. I, maybe I should be a church planter. Or, or, or maybe it's a church saying, hey, how do we look for these people uh, in our church body that, that might be a future church planter? Yeah, well, I'm going to tell them what a pastor told me, a great mentor of mine told me before I got married. Um, he said, don't do it. I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us. I'll be editing that part out. No, oh, no, he did. Yeah. He, said, he, he said, don't do it. It's hard. If God, if God called you to it, you know, do it. He'll sustain you through yeah. it. If you're going to do it, don't do it alone. The journey could be lonely. I think we, yeah. you know, we just we just talked about that. Uh, plan well, take your time. God is not in a hurry, right? In the beginning of my church planting season, I was like, okay, okay, okay. You know, we got to do this because people are dying. People are going to hell. They need Jesus. God is not in a hurry. Plan well. Um, I believe that if God has called you to it, He will sustain you through the process. But you have to plan well. Create systems that will allow the church to grow, even if you're not there. That's one thing that I had in mind from the very beginning. I want this church not to be a personality church. I want this church to be a church that has a system that this church will continue to move forward for the next 50, 60, 70, 100 years, even if I'm not there. Because I don't want the church to be about me. It's about God. But we're going to have healthy systems um, that will allow the church to continue to grow and to continue to move, even if I'm not there. And uh, that allowed me to, to, I mean, and I'll share this. I'll share this just to kind of close out. Um, I just took about a month off, right, during this pandemic, not because I didn't care. We were we, we were working a lot and uh, we were doing so much and I needed a break, right? That's one thing that I learned from some of my coaches and my mentors. Uh, it's not just about going, going, going. Um, a lot of the times we are more productive when we're well rested. So I took a time off and I just told my people, I said, hey, you guys already know what's up. Uh, I'll be back in a month. The church moved. The people grew. Uh, the church grew. And it was just amazing to see that, you know, I was in Texas. I was in a pool and I was watching how everything was. I was like, man, this is awesome. Right. This is awesome. But I was able to do that because we were able to create systems that allow the church to move forward, even if the pastor was not there. So those are some of the things. Love it. Love it. I wish you had a little bit more passion. That's the only thing is you know, <laughs> less and just more energy would be great. One more, Brian. Oh, the, that's awesome. One more. The last one. Um, and yeah. I have it here in my notes. Pray your way through it. There you go. Pray yeah. your way through it. Lots of prayer. Um, you're really going to have to pray through every season. It's going to get hard. It's going to be tough. I don't just want to say it's awesome. It's amazing. It's going to look great on social media. You're going to be cool. No, no, no. Pray your way through it. You're going to have to pray through every storm. You're going to have to pray through every moment where on Mondays you want to give up because you got this uh, preaching hangover. Uh, you're going to want to give up when people are not showing up. Uh, it, pray your way through it. If God called you to it, he'll get you through it. Amen. Amen. Pray, 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 pray. We need more prayer. That's great. Um, Hey, uh, as usual, uh, people are probably going to want to say, man, that was awesome. I want to I want to talk more to this Danny Flores guy. And uh, so how could someone contact you if they wanted to? Hey, man, um, social media. I think that's a that's the language of our culture. So Danny Flores uh, Oficial on Instagram, Danny Flores on Facebook. Um, yeah, you, you can find me on there. 
Uh, or you could call me a Brian cell phone. His number is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, I mean, you're just hilarious. Hey, close us in prayer, if you would. We we, we love to have our guests just sort of pray a blessing on our pastors. And so um, if, if you could do that, I would really appreciate that. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this moment. Uh, we want to thank you for, for calling us for such a time as, as this, Father. Um, I want to thank you for Brian this podcast and the people that are listening. Uh, may you lead them in the right direction as they might be dreaming uh, and envisioning church planting. Uh, may you open the right doors. May you surround them with the right people, provide the resources, and may you take them to the right place. We pray blessings in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. And thank you all for joining us. I'm, I'm constantly grateful for each of you who listen to the podcast. And I do trust that these episodes are helping you strengthen your church for the glory of Christ. And so please keep listening. Please keep sharing Advance with your friends. And finally, don't forget to check out our website at advancethechurch.org. Advance Podcast is a ministry of Convergement America. Our mission is to start and strengthen churches that exalt the name of Jesus Christ together. If you'd like to learn more about Convergement America, visit our website at convergmentamerica.org.